all, and welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. I am your host, and you already know, I'm Officer Antoine Thomas. Yep, that is me. I'm here. Listen, I would like to take the time, as I always do, to say thank you to all of my listeners. Please, you already know what I'm about to tell you, continue to like, share, and subscribe. And I added love a few weeks ago to this podcast, along with the latest episodes. Listen, the third season is underway. We have launched the third season of Real Talk. It has taken off with a bang. Okay, it's taken off with a bang, and I'm excited to bring the third season. I never thought I would be in the third season, but I just keep getting material, and uh, I love it. So I don't have to do much thinking because it seems to me that uh, the media and the left and people who are against the police, people who are against gun rights and things like that, those are the ones who give me give me the material here on Real Talk, and I'm very appreciative to you, so please Keep it coming, okay? Whatever you do, keep it coming, and I will keep it coming at you. Now, listen, if you haven't had the opportunity to listen to the first episode of season three entitled, Oh, Really? Now You Want to Fund the Police. You have to make it happen now, okay? That's what we talked about. I am focusing on Joe Biden's comments that he made at his State of the Union lies, I call it. State of the Union lies, okay? You will hear me speak about that. You'll hear some sound bites from uh, President Biden originally in his campaign over to his last, uh, again, y'all call it State of the Union. I call it State of the Union Lies. You'll hear him talk about funding the police. Everybody got up and started clapping. Just a year ago, they were saying, uh, get rid of the police, take the money away. You'll also hear some sound bites from uh, Cori Bush, okay? Uh, Cori Bush, the congresswoman out uh, there in St. Louis. So you'll hear that. But if it, that won't um, enough for you, okay? Uh, all of a sudden, the rhetoric has changed, and guess what? We are now supporting law enforcement again. Clap it up for that. We appreciate that. So we're excited about that. That's all the preliminaries. I want to get that out the way because I have a perfect show for you today, and I know you listeners are saying, Antoine, we love you, but you always say I have a perfect show for you. When is the show not going to be perfect? Well, listen, on Real Talk, it, there will never be a show that's not perfect, okay? Uh, so don't get that out of your mind. These shows are perfect. But today I do have a very special guest that I want to bring on with me today. I had a privilege to meet this gentleman um, a couple months back in last year in October. They uh, His party, and I'm going to tell you in a moment what his party is, but his party hosted a uh, Q&A, question and answer forum for all of the Wake County um, sheriff's candidates. And you've listened to the show long enough to know that Wake County is uh, the capital county here in North Carolina, and they thought it was proper and befitting to host this uh, quorum because there is a lot of candidates that are running for one seat. And so met him then, and I, we had a chance to break bread last week, and we said we got to get him on Real Talk, and he told me, man, we can do it tonight if you're ready, okay? That's how excited he was. I'm going to let him tell you about his excitement, but without further ado, Real Talk family, please give a warm welcome to my brother, Travis Travis Grew. He is the chair of the Wake County Libertarian Party, okay? Travis, how are you today, my friend? How are you doing? How are you, my man? I am doing very well, and I really appreciate you having me on your show. Thank you. 
I'm glad that you took the opportunity to go ahead and clear your schedule out to be a part of this show. And uh, I, I know you've already listened to some of the episodes already, and I appreciate you for doing that. Here on Real Talk, we just make it uh, really simple. We believe in the principles. Uh, I'm not going to give out any false information. We only speak on facts, and I'm not here to belittle or bash anybody, but I am. As we say on the real talk, we're never going to defund the police, but we will defend the police. And I'll speak up, I'll speak out against the good police officers. And guess what? Because I'm nonpartisan in this thing, I will speak out about the bad police officers. So today's show I thought would be befitting because you heard me introduce him as the Libertarian Party. Most people, Travis, are not really familiar with what the Libertarian is. They feel like it says liberty. So it has to be something in there with freedom and and not having uh, the government hold our hand and put us in a cage and lock us down. But today you're going to hear that from the great Travis. He's going to break down what exactly that is. Today's show is entitled, So What Exactly Does a Libertarian Mean? And I want to dive right in, Trav. Are you ready to just dive right into it? I am, man. Yeah, I am ready. So, yeah, again, I appreciate you having me on. Well, look, my seatbelt is on. You put yours on, and uh, guess what? Some people... (laughs) Are literally <laughs> some people literally have their seatbelts on. You know how I know because they're probably driving listening to this podcast. So we want to make it very interesting to them. And I always say this, Travis, on the show. I say, get your seatbelt and if and guess what? If you're driving down the road, please pay attention. But if you're seated in your favorite lazy boy at home, kick your feet back, grab your drink, and let's go to work. So what does exactly okay, what exactly does a libertarian even mean, Travis? Could you explain that to us? Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Great question. Being a libertarian means that we believe that all individuals have the right to exercise sole dominion over their own lives. And they have the right to live in whatever manner they choose, so long as they do not forcibly interfere with the equal right of others to live in whatever manner they choose. It is the only political party that respects you as a unique and responsible individual. Libertarians believe that peaceful, honest people should be able to offer their goods and services to willing customers without inappropriate interference from government. We believe in the protection of life, liberty, and property. That just kind of sums it up a little bit about what a libertarian actually is. I love it. I I want to ask a question since we're on that topic. You talked about um, the freedoms and doing it honestly and appropriately without the government reaching their hand. I'm going to use the phrase inside of the cookie jar. So it's okay if the government uh, helps provide the cookie jar, but they shouldn't have the right to open the top up and take cookies out, right, and put cookies in. You want them just to provide the space, and you will make the rest happen. Am I on the same page? Or am I wrong? Or You are on the exact right page. Basically, we want to keep the government out of our personal lives, out of our bedrooms, out of our backyards, and out of our pocketbooks, because right now they are involved with every aspect of our life and government is the enemy of the free market so 
there was a famous quote by Harry Brown. He ran for a Libertarian Party pr- uh, president back in, I believe it was 1996. I can't remember. That could be wrong. But he made a quote. He said this. The government is good at one thing. It knows how to break your legs, then hand you a crutch and say, see, if it weren't for the government, you wouldn't be able to walk. So that's what they do. They kind of break your legs and then hand you a crutch and say, see, we helped you. So they create the problem and then try to fix the problem and make it worse. We just want to live our own lives, live and let live, so long as you're peaceful and honest. Huh. That's a beautiful question uh, we'll answer in response. And so some would say, why would you start there, Antoine, Officer Thomas, Thomas, whatever name you (laughs) want to call me, right? Right. It's befitting that I start there because the questions that I'm going to be uh, talking to Travis about are going to be centered around uh, the government stand out that cookie jar, okay? And so the, the questions that we have uh, that I formulated, they're going to be uh, in the line. And so now you have a breakdown. And Travis, I say something else on this show. I like to break it down from the beginning. See, I'm almost like a preacher. A good preacher does this, uh, Travis. They understand the Bible. They know that it's it can be complicated and it's up for uh, sometimes people, uh, their own interpretations, but a good pastor studies, prays about it, and they get the message from God, but they start off on a basic level, and they build a foundation sh- sh- uh, so that lay people like you and I can understand it, and sometimes we may understand uh, one scripture or, or verse, but then you go to a, a whole nother scripture or chapter, and you're like lost, but uh, they should break it down. That's what I've done today. I, I basically describe myself as a preacher, not a pastor, but a preacher. Uh, that breaks this down. I like to do it on the show because I believe everybody should understand what we're talking about. I'm not trying to throw things right. over heads, right? And I appreciate that. That's that's a good analogy. I appreciate it. I just try to keep it simple because at the end of the day, we want to know what we're talking about on this show. And again, I want to make sure the listeners are informed, but they also have a structure and a foundation. That's what we do here. So I appreciate that. Again, today's show is exactly what I just asked. So what exactly does a libertarian mean? It's all centered around that. And we're going to dive back into some more uh, important questions. And every question is important. But Travis, if you would not mind, please explain to Real Talk audience what does being a libertarian mean. And you actually just did that. And so I really appreciate that. Um, and I want the audience to know that if you have any further questions on what a libertarian is, go check out the party and see where you align. Um Listen, I gravitated to the Republican Party because uh, the Republican Party says this, say that we should have some type of government, but less government. Now, we do need checks and balances, not saying that libertarians believe that's not what they want, but that's what they stated. You heard it there. Um, But as a Republican, we do believe that the government should be involved uh, totally, which is why we have some qualms about what the uh, Democratic Party is doing. Now, people always ask, Travis, they say, how can you align yourself with a democrat you're working with uh candidate randolph Beatty, and what i tell people is this two parties now the three parties they can come together because we all agree on something and uh, at the end of the day we're doing a lot of infighting as it pertains to the republicans and liberty uh, excuse me and, de- and democrats but 
end of the day, they all get along in the Senate and the Congress don't let them fool you, but they make us think that they're on one side of the aisle. But guess what? They all going to dinners and parties and golfing together. So reality yeah, says right. this. Yeah. And so I live in reality and I tell people, don't get into that rut where you think one is bad. Uh, okay. Yeah. There are some evil policies that uh, the left may be pushing, but at the end of the day, we're Americans. Let's get back to being Americans and let's help uh, build this country back up. Is that fair enough? Oh, that's completely fair. Yeah, I think the infighting and the back and forth pendulum swinging is what's hurting the regular citizens. It's hurting the people. Every time it swings one way, we lose a little bit more liberties and freedoms. And then it swings the other way, we lose a little bit more. You know, the back and forth fighting is only hurting the people. So, yeah, I, I believe if we can find common ground and common interests and work towards individual freedoms and liberties, let's do that and let's move forward that way. I totally agree. And not to get stuck here, but I will say there is a reason and there is uh, a design that the uh, parties have made. Um, it, it is perfectly Line. They know what they're doing. They're doing it on purpose to keep uh, everybody divided because we noticed, and I said this before in this previous show, I said it on some other podcast shows, that um, for some reason, uh, one certain party wants the country to be divided. And so they still try to send it around race because we know that uh, as black Americans, I can tell you that my people, some folks are still enraged, even when you go back to the slavery days, okay? Uh, they are still upset about that, but most of us have come to a decision that that was then, this is now, we will live in history, never forget about it, but we're not being enslaved now, so why are we still talking about it? Well, the left says, well, we got to keep this divide going. How can we do it? And that's why I started this show, Travis, because they're using the police yeah. as a pun to separate us. And so now it was COVID, right? COVID was supposed to separate us, uh, but that didn't work too well. So they always come up with a new way to keep the country divided. But after all, we said that we were the home of the free and the land of the or the land of the free and home of the brave. That's what we said, and then we're not living by that. But I'm going to move on. I just had to throw it out there because it was on my mind, and I always want to. No, that's fantastic. Absolutely, it's the truth. Hey. It's the truth. We got to wake up and understand the truth. And once we understand the truth, we know that it will set us free. And you're a libertarian, so you like all things free, right? Am I on the right path, Brother Travis? Listen. Yeah, I don't necessarily love all things free from government, but yeah, we want free freedom from the government, the grip that the government has on our finances, on our personal life, on our everyday decisions, on what we buy and sell and make and grow and consume. Like They have a grip, and we as libertarians realize that we're not free as long as the government is all up in our business and our cookie jar, like you said. Absolutely. And that's right there what the conservative thought and mindset is, whereas as a country Republican, we don't want the government handing out things. And we know the other party loves to hand out things because they that's how you continue. When you give something, somebody something without earning it, they continue to like you, right, and hoping that you will bring more. And that's what we have. And that's what also has brought our country down. You, are, But I agree with you. We don't want all things free. We do want uh, liberty, and we want to be able to, uh, because the Constitution said that, be free in our persons. And so 
But my liberty is given, I don't know about you, but I, I have to talk about it on the show because I am a devout Christian. My liberty is given through the God Almighty. Uh, he's been able to, uh, uh, as we say, um, release those certain powers down to me to be able to make decisions on my own. But the ultimate decision before the government comes in is Christ. And so um, I'm going to move on from that. But that's my belief. And I'm going to always stand by. But why are you a libertarian? Respect. Absolutely. Why are you a libertarian, Brother Travis? You kind of told us, but give us that uh, hardcore yeah. answer. Why are you a libertarian? Why are you choosing? Why? That's you could have been with the Democrats. You could have been with the Republicans. You could have been unaffiliated. But why are you a libertarian? Right. I was once I was once re registered as a Republican. And I realized, and as I started paying attention, my values and even the conservative side of me realized that the Republican party was not fiscally conservative. They were spending just as much money as the Democrats. And then my social, the social side of things, I was realizing that the Republicans didn't really align with my values when they're trying to legislate morality from their cubicle. So I'm a libertarian because uh, it is the only political party that truly defends the rights of the individual. We are the party of principle and the only peaceful party who opposes fraud, theft, and manipulation to get things accomplished. I stand firmly on my principles of self-governance for all and freedom for all and i really mean all not some but all individuals own themselves they own their choices and are responsible for their own lives i'm a libertarian because i love liberty and i oppose a system of control I hope that helps you understand my mindset of why I'm libertarian and why I left the Republican Party. Because the Republican Party is not fiscally conservative. They are not. They are not what they say they are when they're spending just as much money and they're actually taking just as much money from taxpayers. They just spend differently. Republicans are going to spend heavily on the military industrial uh, system and they're going to they're going to beef up the military where Democrats are going to spend it on social programs and create programs and housing to act like they actually care for the poor when really it's a facade just to keep their money coming in. But as libertarian. Like I said, I believe all people are responsible for their own lives. And when we're actually creating jobs rather than giving them money, and the way to create jobs is to bring the tax code down to zero, you'll have every business in the entire world wanting to set up shop in the United States and create high-paying competitive jobs. That is the way to... That is the way to end homelessness is is give them a good job. And when we have one of the highest 
corporate taxes in the world. That's why we're going elsewhere. We're going overseas, setting up shop in Dubai and China and all these other places because it's cheaper than our own tax code, which makes zero sense. So, I mean, as a libertarian, we truly care for people. We're not going to just say something for votes. And libertarians, we say we eat our own because we we actually even disagree sometimes and because we're standing on such firm principles of freedom and liberty for all people, all the time. So that is why I'm a libertarian. I love it. I love it. Listen, um, I, I want to part just for a moment because you said so much powerful stuff, but I want to go back to a major deal in America. And um, he may not have been the great president to you, but to me he was, and he built the platform on uh, bringing things back to America. I want to stick there. President Trump talked about the very, uh, 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 of course, a whole lot. And I know he got beat in the media for allegedly doing the same thing with his um, Trump um, organization and, of course, his uh, his clothing line. You know, they, a lot of stuff was uh, shipped over there made right. in Mexico. But, but that's I stupid because you should be able to, you know, have a clothing line if you want to have a clothing line. That's just stupid. It's just stupid. But I, I brought yeah. that up, and I totally agree with you. Uh, I want to move over to what you talked about, taxes, high taxes, get rid of the – tax code altogether and allow these businesses. And, and I would think that more businesses would be um, created if we had that. And of course, you spoke about being able to uh, rid it and keeping businesses over here in America. I do agree with that. And that's one of the platforms of the uh, conservative um, mindset. However, you, you, you stated yourself, it's on air, it's recorded that you believe that they're hypocrites and they're not doing exactly what they preach about. I do agree with that because we stand for Guess what? Less government, again, but we do believe there should be some in there. But as it pertains to high taxes, we are supposed to be able to say we want to dwindle those down because it's about the American working people. And uh, more less taxes mean more money in your pocket, right? Would you agree with that? Less taxes mean more money in your pocket. So at the end of the day... Oh, absolutely. And when you have more money in your pocket, it means you have more money to help people. When we rely on government to help people, we basically throw our own responsibilities to help our neighbor away. Well, that's the government's job. Well, actually, it's not. It's our job to take care of our communities, our friends, our neighbors, our family, and give them a helping hand when they need it and pull them up when they need it. Communities helping communities, and it should be voluntary, and it should be by the consent of the person to give money not to be taken from so that maybe five percent of what they steal from us goes to a program and 95 percent of it goes to pensions and buildings and and cars and salaries to fund government when very little of it is actually going to help people if we had more money in our pocket you would have more money to help people and to save and to to give somebody some money when they need it. But when government's always in our pockets, they're taking our money. And it's not a voluntary system, and it's not by the consent of the governed either. 
Great. Listen, man, you're, you're spot on. Travis, I'm going to do something that's an or, unorthodox on this show. I normally would slide into that last minute and in this um, particular first segment. Believe it or not, we're on our first 30 minutes that are getting ready to end less than four minutes. And I normally slide on out with the outro. But today I'm doing something different there, Travis. We're playing <laughs> basketball at the moment. And guess what? We're going to let the shot clock just run out on us. And I'm going to get still to that one minute and let you know. I just don't want to fade out because the audience is loving this. And I don't want them to, you know, again, they're driving down the road. I don't want them to say, man, I'm at this stoplight. Would you believe Travis and Antoine just got cut off? Okay. So we have uh, about three minutes left. And, and and what I want to do is stick right there for a moment because at the end of the day, uh, I, I, I do, and there's going to be some disagreements on this particular segment because we talked about we want to get into those debate moments. Nothing that's spectacular or something that's going to get us to uh, punch our phones, but we want to have a great dialogue, and I'm enjoying it so far. But, see, the deal is when you look at taxes, man, you hit a nerve there. If we were to get rid of those taxes, it would be a beautiful thing because at the end of the day, people, and I always say this, we're in tax season now, and everybody's thinking, oh, and now, now again, let me make it clear. This I'm talking about the working people because it has been, seems to me, it's been told to me by people that work in the banking industry and also from people that work in the um, areas of Medicaid and benefits as it pertains to government giving out handouts, um, they're saying they're getting uh, astronomical amounts of um, deductions and money. And guess what? These people are not working. So you may say you're biased. Yeah, I'm being biased. I'm talking to just the working people right now. And this is my point. I'm going to make it. People seem to think, and it happens all the time, they, they get this money and they say, oh, man, I got a huge tax refund back. But think about it. It's really your money. Am I correct or wrong? It's really your money. Oh, so you're 100% correct. Yeah, the government gets us excited about uh, our own money that we're getting back. And you didn't, you didn't consent to that. Correct, correct. At the end of the day, we do just as if we're going into a bank. We 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 open up these bank accounts to allow essentially the banks to borrow the money. Okay, and in efforts of getting interest on that money, that that is a exchange. That is what we call a service. So when people think that the bank is doing us a favor and we go there and try to get a loan, really we should look at it as this: we're giving the bank a favor because we're it's ultimately our money. Now, if you didn't put anything into that particular banking system, um, Wells Fargo, local government, whatever may be, then I'm not talking to you. But what I'm saying is uh, we shouldn't be denied loans and things like that if you're banking with these people. Um, but at the end of the day, we're in a uh, client and customer exchange, right? And the same thing with the government. We are allowing the government to say, listen, you made this amount of money. We're going to tax you on this because we need this to keep our government funding properly. And let's go right to the heart of it. We're giving, uh, ultimately giving our money to uh, terrorists and, and, and dictators. And we see one in office right now in the name of Vladimir Putin, who has used Americans' taxpayers' money for years. Uh, he's now finally putting it to work, so he thinks, by funding his military attack on Ukraine. We're not going to not talk about it. It's the truth. And we drew that also through uh, our um, oil, okay? There is a percentage that is given to the oil, and guess what? That money is allocated. We know we have reserves sitting over there waiting for us, but at the end of the day, we haven't really tapped into those oils. We only tapped into it once that I know of uh, in American history. But at the end of the day, we're seeing more of it. Our eyes are opening up, uh, Travis. I know I went around the corner to turn back around, but what I'm getting to is, at the end of the day, I need for us to stop saying, you know, the government gave me, I, I got a nice refund back. No, you really did not get a refund back. You just basically got what you already had put into the system. And maybe 
Uncle Sam, as we like to recall, uh, call it, gave you a few extra dollars. And I'm glad I talked about Uncle Sam. I want to see uh, what your thoughts is on that term. Uh, it's not written down. We didn't discuss it yet, Trav. But I want to ask you, what do you think about the term Uncle Sam? But we can't get into it yet because we're getting ready to slide on out. But I do want to say this, Travis. How are you enjoying being on Real Talk? Oh, I'm loving it, man. I, I, I love this. It's intellectual discussion. I absolutely love it. And I'd love to come back on sometime. Brother, you are, as many of my other guests has been on, I haven't had one guest that I would not invite on. You are invited at uh, any time. And a beautiful thing about what we got going on, we're local here, so um, we have the opportunity to um, get together more often in person, if, if need be, and definitely by telephone. And I think that we've gotten uh, together and like-minded um, minds together. We talked forever the other night. And Again, we said, listen, I may not agree with everything that you're saying uh, and vice versa, but we, at the end of it, we have good points um, that we can glean from one another. Travis, we have less than a minute left, okay? And I'm going to uh, continue again to speak, and I'm going to let the time clock uh, just fade out because, again, we're playing basketball today. And um, there we go. at the end of the day, Trav, we have a lot more to discuss, and I'm looking forward to to dive in right into those good meaty pieces, okay? When we get back, I'm going to ask Travis, and he pretty much laid it out, but if he has anything that he left out, I'm going to ask him what does his libertarian platform stand for, okay? As we look at the Republicans, we know that we have the conservative thoughts. We want to gain less government. We believe in the right to bear arms. We believe in freedom of speech. We also believe that, guess what, the right to life. We also believe that uh, people can have their own decisions, but at the end of the day, we want to live by those Christian Judeo values. And I know sometimes it doesn't happen. Uh, we're leaving in two seconds. See Welcome back, everybody, to Real Talk. And let me tell you, on our break, we have been having Real Talk. Uh, Travis grew and I have Travis with me. And today's show is entitled, So What Exactly Does a Libertarian Mean? And if you're just joining us, you need to go back and press what we call rewind, okay? You need to go to the beginning because Travis Grew, who is the chair, he is the chairman of the Wake County Libertarian Party here located in North Carolina. I got him on the air today, and we're tearing it up. We're tearing it up. We're leaving no stones unturned. Go back and find out what exactly is a libertarian. Now, Travis, we left off with this, and I'm glad that you came back. Uh, explain the libertarian platform in detail for us. I know you kind of did that, but if you did that already, which I believe you did, but... If you left anything out, um, go ahead and add that in, and let's hear where you stand um, as it pertains to your religion, and then also um, let's hear what the libertarians think on paper. You heard me talk about what the Republicans think on paper. Let's see what you guys have to say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and thank you again. Well, my pleasure. Libertarians oppose the initiation of force to achieve political or social goals. So the initiation of force, we are opposed to that, okay? The non-aggression principle is a core value of our party. We believe that people should not be forced to sacrifice their lives and property for the benefit of others. They should be left free by government to deal with one another as free traders. Libertarian party is the party that's protecting and supporting individual rights and the free market. 
the free market, not the uh, crony crony market, you know, with lobbyists and all that. We actually believe in the free market and free market trading and free market solutions. We will defend all your freedoms all the time, even when it's inconvenient or unpopular. We believe that peaceful, honest people should decide for themselves how to live their lives without fear of criminal or civil penalties. Now, so long as someone is peaceful and honest, they should be left alone to deal with their life as they see fit. Where there is no victim, there is no crime. So if you read the non-aggression principle, it's really at the very center. It's kind of like the Bible of the libertarian platform. The initiation of force for political or social goals are off limits. And that is kind of our compass to move forward with policies, with life, with personal life. You, you don't initiate force against anyone. So that's really our platform, if that makes sense. Makes 100% of sense, as I like to say. I love it. At the end yeah, of the day... So that's our platform in a nutshell. End of the day, forcible entries, forcible documents, forcible uh, authority, all that libertarians say they want to be free of it. Hence, liberty. And at the end of the day, um, people, Travis, they believe when you look at this word today, they believe that it's uh, anonymous or synonymous, I should say, not anonymous, but synonymous um, with the term liberal, progressive. Right. Tell us what separates you and are y'all, as we say, riding with that particular uh, theme? Or are you against that? Or, or last one, do you believe that is not uh, what you all stand for? Tell us what separates you from the liberal thought, because that's what most people are going to kind of what we say um, include that your party is uh, standing for. I'm going to let you take the mic. Right, exactly. Well, we are classical liberals, and that is different from modern day liberals or progressives you know we believe in the protection of individual liberty individual rights and economic freedom by limiting government power that is a classical liberal um, it's freedom and protection of civil liberties under the rule of law classical liber liberalism is really what a libertarian is it's limited to no government in your life and that you you rule your own life and that you are responsible for your choices and for your decisions and that like we said government should stay out of your bedroom and they should stay out of your pocketbook and the only role of government should be to protect your liberties and your freedoms so long as you're peaceful and honest 
So that is the role of government. If there is a role of government, it is to protect your civil liberties. Travis, today this country and people who make up our uh, representation, who make up our um, authority figures, who um, say, who basically tell us that they know better than we know, and a bunch of lawyers, most of them, that sit on Capitol Hill and try to make all our decisions for us. We see that they're moving, moving more and more and more to the left, more and more to liberalism, more and more to progressive thoughts and reframing everything. What are some examples that separates the Libertarian Party from the Liberal Party so that our lay members and our lay uh, listeners will understand this a little bit clearly? Yeah, so when we're using the language of the kind of the two-party system, you you know, a lot of times people say libertarians are um, fiscally conservative, but they're socially liberal, right? And I disagree. I say that we are fiscally libertarian and we're socially libertarian. We don't use the same terminology as the two-party systems because, let's be honest, conservatives have really ruined the name conservatives if they're spending the way they are and they're acting the way they are and they're passing omnibus bills and they're voting for this ridiculous spending and then they're voting to control your personal life and they're control, you know, voting look at their voting record and then liberals you know uh liberals are absolutely um spinning out the wazoo as well and they're not really for your individual rights when they want to basically control and throw you in jail for not obeying them or not listening to them or not paying your taxes or whatnot you're gonna you know if, if you can't, if they can't steal from you, you're going to jail and you're, you're going to have a fine. So, I mean, that kind of grip that it has on our life, it should not exist. I mean, the, even the founding fathers, you know, our founding fathers, although I truly believe the constitution, uh, did not work because now we have the, the largest, the most possibly possibly the most aggressive government of all time it is not it is no longer limited it is huge it is the most massive federal government of all time although they meant well but politicians have found loopholes after loopholes and they've grown our federal government to the place where it is now to where now if we have the wrong person in office, it could go south real fast because of the power and the scope of the federal government, which should not exist. So we are liberals, but we're classically liberal. We're, we're classically liberal in the way that we want individuals to own themselves and not the government. I got you, and, and that's a beautiful way to lay it out. Listen, I, I spoke to some of your, um, I'm going to use the word constituents the other night, and 
mm-hmm. kind of described it, and I believe you and I had this discussion too. And on the law enforcement platform years ago, um, I will say approximately 10 years, a little bit um, after 10 years, I should say. Let's put it at a year uh, on a day. I will say back in 20, uh, let's go with 2011, somewhere around there, this term that these people decided to come up with, and, and I'm not saying y'all are a part of this, but there's some small bits that align, very small, and because you use the words, uh, I'm going to use the words law-abiding citizen, you said appropriately in, in the act with uh, care and love. Um, some would say, are y'all hippies? No, they're not hippies. But I'm going to describe this group, and they have been deemed a uh, extremist group, which, again, the party is not. This is a party, not a group. But this one here, I'm going to get right into it. You're probably saying just shut up and say it. Uh, at the end of the day, there is a group, and it affected the law enforcement community very heavily. It still sort of does. I haven't – I ran into some of my career personally, dealt with them in court systems. I also dealt with them, I should say, in the judicial system, dealt with them on the road, uh, whether it was by a traffic stop or – Responding to a 911 call. But that is something that had took some traction. Again, I'm going to put it at the year of 2010, 2011, may have been a little bit earlier. Sovereign citizens, okay? And for those who've never heard what a sovereign citizen is, it's a movement, number one. Uh, it's all around this country. And this is what they believe, okay? It is a sovereign citizen, and this is how you know um, that they're a radical group, because I'm going to explain to you what they stand for. They are not under the jurisdiction. They believe that they're not under the jurisdiction of the federal government. And the reason why I brought it up is because the libertarians believe that there should be no government infringing. And I told you about the cookie jar, provide the cookie jar for you going into it and also taking away. Well, the sovereign citizens believe that they are not bound by any rules uh, as it pertains to federal government, as it pertains to law, as it pertains to enforcement. They believe they're not under this. And they consider themselves exempt, which y'all don't, from the U.S., of the United States of America laws. They don't abide by any of them, okay? And you talked about, uh, Travis, being a libertarian. You do believe in peace, and in the, the day, you do believe in the right to bear arms, but you're not going out there maliciously killing people just because. But these people believe if they decide to do that, they can just do it because they're uh, not bound by any laws, okay? And they use a variety of conspiracy theories and falsehoods to justify their beliefs and their activities uh, some of which are illegal and violent. And you notice that I want to put an emphasis on illegal and violent because Travis talked about Libertarian Party, again, believes in uh, being a law-abiding law uh, law citizen and believes that there should be uh, ramification as it pertains to obeying the law, okay? Again, they want no government in the Libertarian Party movement, but they do believe in the uh, law-abiding rights. Now, what they do, and I'm going to move on, one of the biggest things that these sovereign citizens do, Travis, they they, they love to file um, injunctments, uh, injunctions, I should say, on the um, people who are political figures, politicians, chief of police, even though I know chief of police, not a politician, but um, sheriffs, uh, district attorneys, clerks, judges, of course, they love the judges, but they clog up the court systems with this um, indispensable court filings, okay, and what they plan to do is corner the particular um, courthouse or justice that they're using to be able to lash out. They use it as a retaliation, and they call this paper terrorism. That's what they do. They file um, um, legal binding documents in court 
with no standing, with no rhyme or reason against it. And most of them are extreme, okay? Um, of course, we're not looking at the, the part of physical terrorism, but they call them paper terrorism. I call them a paper Nazi. But this is what they do. But they believe that uh, that it should be directed right at the people that make the decisions. Oh, and I left off the main ones, your, your House of Reps, your Congress, and your Senate. They love to uh, file paperwork against them, okay? Now, they have done some malicious things that pertains to killing and murder, things like that, but I'm not going to go in detail. But I wanted to bring that in. I thought it would be fitting just to see because I know some of you may know what a sovereign citizen is, and you may be going down the road and saying, I, I feel like they're aligning with the liberals. Well, they're not. And, Travis, I don't know if you agree or disagree, but I want to hear your answer. Where do you stand as, I, as it pertains to what I just gave you? Um, do you feel like y'all are far off, disconnected, and there's no way you stand with the movement of sovereign citizens? Or do you believe uh, some attributes uh, may align with the Libertarian Party? Well, again, the non-aggression principle is the core center and the core value of the party, which is we oppose the initiation of force to achieve political or social goals. So we do not believe in striking first. We completely believe in self-defense. Self-defense is different than attacking. So we're, we are a very peaceful party. We do not believe in war. We're like, we are the anti-war party because if everyone follows the non-aggression principle, there will be no war. No one's throwing the first punch. We do not align with violence. We do not align with breaking and entering. We do not align with harming someone or trespassing onto another person's property. Property rights are a big deal for us. Individual rights is a big deal for us. So any group or any party that's initiating force against another person party or group is a violation of the non-aggression principle, which that is how we determine whether or not it's libertarian or not. Because if it's force and aggression and fraud and coercion, those are crimes. Those are actual crimes. And so I said this earlier, no victim, no crime. If there's not a victim involved, it is not a crime. It's made up in a cubicle somewhere by some politicians that don't like something. So they say, oh, let's pass a law that says you can't do that. Well, that's control. That's not a crime. That's fake. If there's no victim, there's no crime. So, yeah, the sovereign community or whatever you're saying, I haven't actually heard of that, but it doesn't sound like anything that we align with for violence and force and aggression. That that's that is a violation of the non-aggression principle, which is not part of the libertarian platform whatsoever. Nor is it a part of our philosophy. Beautiful. So there's anyone out there that's saying I know Travis what a sovereign citizen is, and most of the police are, well. Uh, I'll say 100% of our police um, force around the country will know what a sovereign citizen is. Again, you don't know what it is because you never had to encounter it. Again, they 
particularly like the yeah, scale. Yeah, I've never that, heard of it, but that, yeah. that doesn't sound peaceful, and it doesn't it's sound not. honest. It's not. And it, yeah, it doesn't sound like uh, a peaceful movement, which we we do not we do not advocate for the initiation of force of any kind. I love it. We we oppose that. I like to dispel all narratives, fake narratives, and things that people yeah. like to get in Thank front you. of it. So nobody no, will. will I, I don't know who they are, but that's not us. It's a very interesting movement. You should look it up. Now, I will say uh, I haven't encountered any such person uh, in years. Uh, and one of their famous words that they use, because you heard me say, and it's not about the sovereign citizens. I know this show is not sending around them, but you hear them make this comment that, and again, you would never know because uh, they believe in harassing the justice and the uh, law enforcement community. But when we stop them, and I, again, I have stopped several, uh, they believe that they are free to uh, drive. They are free to, because of course, you know, we believe that um, the government has said that driving is a privilege. And I would love to hear your answer someday on that. Um, and they believe it's a privilege, which is why they can re re revoke your license uh, and, and invoke penalties against you if you don't abide by certain rules. But the sovereign citizen says, I'm not bound by your rules again because there's no federal law that they are under, okay? They don't believe in the um, U.S. codes, okay? And so uh, what they say is that they, when, when we encounter them on a traffic stop, they say, well, first of all, I'm not driving. They, of course, they changed their name too. To they, they, it's crazy, but what I'm getting to, they say this famous term. They say I'm not driving. I'm actually traveling. They call it traveling, and they say, guess what? I have a right um, in America to travel. So whatever that means, and traveling could mean going from their house to Food Line or Harris Teeter. That's traveling to them. Yes, it is a form of uh, traveling, but they believe they're not driving. They believe that they not. Matter of fact, they 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 they're not even bound by the. Uh, state driver's license so it's an interesting group look it up in spare time but again i said yeah. that to say i want it to yeah, make I can, sure I, I mean i can understand the philosophy behind it of asking permission from the government to be a free human that can travel freely as a peaceful human i i fully support that however uh when you flagrantly do it um forcefully that that's where it goes wrong i mean the whole idea of driver's license and license plates and stickers and making sure your lights are working on your cars and all that it, it's like again again it's almost like is it is it actually a crime or is it a made-up crime is this something that our society's just used to because we're a frog in a boiling pot or is there a reason is there an actual reason why we have to renew our license every year, get a sticker, get a driver's license? Are these just ways that the government or the police officers are able to identify people that they want to identify? I mean, I can understand the idea of, of why someone would think asking permission to be free and travel. It's almost like going out of the country, you have to have a, uh, what is, you know, you have to have passport. a um, uh, passport, permit. Travis. Yeah. So you have to ask permission to travel, but it, it, 
if you really step back and look at it, it's sort of silly. If you haven't hurt anyone or you want to go travel, you know, you're going to be restricted by the government to be able to travel, even when you just, you have no, no bad intentions. You're not going to hurt anyone. You're not going to go harm anyone. You just want to travel. I can understand that as a, um, as a, as, as a freedom loving American, why, why, why someone would not want to ask permission to buy a gun or, or drive a car? I understand it, but it's not the Libertarian Party. Absolutely. Well, you know, to go back and, and, and I have to uh, rebut because uh, it wouldn't be right if I, I'm on this show and you, uh-huh. uh, you made a couple comments that are great and to go in detail with it. Uh, from the law enforcement standpoint, of course, we all know that laws were created. Um, of course, we know the Constitution was framed by founders. Now, you got to admit that some of those, uh, most of those constitutional, and I'll say that, of course, the 10 of them, uh, the Bill of Rights that we can take away from the Constitution, the first 10, we, right. you, you have to say that God was walking with these framers and allowing them to write this because they were able to foresee and, as we say, predict, uh, even uh, maybe they were prophesying in the future because those laws that they created is much needed today. Um, when you look at uh, the right to bear arms, freedom of speech, all that stuff, if we didn't have that in the, in the frameworks, we would be in a mess because there's some ramifications on it. Now, some may say, most of your party probably would say, we need less of uh, these ramifications. But as it pertains to law enforcement, when you look at um, even the specifics of being able to drive a vehicle and have to register uh, every year your uh, license plate and get your license updated every 10 years. I, I totally get why that is um, as it pertains to your age. Well, you know, update, I'm, when I speak of updating, I'm talking about the major update that you have to do every 10 years. At the end of the day, these things are in place from a justice and a law enforcement standpoint because we need to know who people are because there are a lot of people out here who are not who they say they are, which is why you have identity death, theft, and all these things. But we got to know um, who people are in case uh, of crimes. And in law enforcement, we're not able to solve uh, a huge crime sometimes without a simple piece, and that is getting a, uh, a license tag uh, from a drive-by suspect or breaking an entering suspect who fled in a the vehicle. These things are in place not to infringe on the rights of law-abiding citizens, but these are things that are put in place to be able to help the justice and, again, the law enforcement community out. Um, that is why we use it. And as we know that it, it is a freedom and it is a right to, uh, and you have no expectation of privacy of your license plate uh, being ran by a law enforcement officer, whether you are in the grocery parking lot to driving on a um, highway. We have a right to run your tax for no rhyme or reason. Now, we do have uh, legal ramification as it pertains to stop you if you're not breaking uh, any motor vehicle laws. Now, you said something very significant. You said crimes. Now, we have to keep in mind that not all things that we involve ourselves in, the justice and law enforcement, may be of a crime. It could be of a civil penalty. And I know you have a, your party <laughs> definitely has some um, rebuttal on civil penalties. But when you look at civil penalties, let's talk about that really brief, um, not paying, you mentioned it, your taxes or your um, 
not paying your loans that you have. And then, of course, the banks come in and file um, injunctions against you. And then law enforcement somehow gets involved, even if that means serving the paperwork uh, only. But we get involved in those things. But when you look at it, not all things are criminal that police handle. However, I, I totally understand where you're coming from as if when you're saying, um, why do we even have to check in with the government? Why do they need to know yeah, 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 that's, when that's I'm traveling? That's basically what I was getting at was Absolutely. asking permission. You no, know, I, I totally, and, um, I totally yeah. get where you're coming from. Now, when you look at like, uh, yes, traveling out right of a country. Drive, but but if, it's, if we have the right to drive, this is just me thinking out loud. If we have a right to drive, then we, we, we don't have to ask permission to drive and to pay money to the government to ask permission to drive or we're illegal when, when we haven't done anything wrong. When I look at it more like, more like just another tracking device um, to determine, like you said, who's in the car. Like there, it doesn't make someone a better driver by going and paying money every year to get a sticker that doesn't make you a better driver to go get your, you know, license renewed every four to five years. That's not making someone safer and it's not making someone a better driver either. I I, I totally, the only way to describe it is it's a monitoring device. Well, you're, well, you're spot on as it pertains to, uh, I wouldn't, I'll disagree with the monitor, uh, monitoring device, but I will say, I believe it's checks and balances. Now, I do agree that we should read the cost and a fee to that. I totally believe that. But as yeah. it, but but as you staying, see the problem is with that if we just allow people, and you're right, you have a right to get on the road right now. A person who doesn't have a license, you can get on the road because we're free, right? We're uh, we're in America. You can get into a car um, with no license and do it every day. Um, but are you abiding by the motor vehicle laws? And the reason being that you need to be a licensed driver is due to the things that most people wouldn't recognize. But as a law enforcement, we do, uh, let's take, for instance, you get in somebody, uh, you know, you Travis, you're going down the road abiding by the laws, which I know you, you, you do, and you spoke about it and you're in your vehicle, minding your business and somebody who shouldn't even be on the road, uh, who don't, does not have a driver's license, hits your vehicle, at 100 miles an hour, ran a stoplight and kills you. Uh, now, of course, your friends and family has a different perception on how they're going to feel about it. But all this could have been avoided due to the penalties that the government has placed and stated, okay, we need you to go through a vetting system. So that's what that is. That's a vetting system. And people break the vetting system every day. And you may ask, what is that? By doing what? Drinking and driving and getting their license revoked. Well, guess what? They get back out on the road and still drive, even though their license was revoked. Why? Because they have that same mentality. It is a freedom of mind that I was born in America, so I can get into a car and drive to anywhere without government knowing that I need to go to McDonald's to get a cheeseburger. You can do that, but are you doing it legally? Uh, it's a whole nother yes, uh, ramification. Yeah, I understand all that. I mean, I drive for a living. I drive for Old Dominion Freight Line, and I see a lot of by the way, Trav, I don't mean to cut you off, Trav, but we got less than a, uh, uh, yeah. a minute. So I want you to get that real thought out really quick. Give me 10 seconds of it, and we're going to uh, get out of here, and we're yeah, going to come yeah. back. Thank you. I just I see some really terrible drivers out here that are driving legally. I, I just don't think licenses and permits make anybody safer. Uh-huh. It doesn't make him a better driver. Um, that's just where I'll leave it. No, listen, I'm leaving it there, too. Totally agree with that. It does not make them a better yeah. driver, but I stand by the fact that, that at the end of the day, guess what? Uh, these are checks and balances. These these are what we call um, 
uh, what's the word I just stated earlier? It, it is to make sure that people are who they say they are and they're doing what they say they do. And when they don't do it, they say they do. The government steps in and say, okay, you have been revoked <laughs> from that right and that privilege. So there we go. We're getting ready to end. Again, we're playing basketball. The shot clock is out. We'll see you in a second. Awesome. Welcome back to Real Talk. And I know you yet you are in that favorite rec- – uh, I'm, I'm all tongue-twisted over here. It's allergy season, guys. Work with me. You and your favorite lazy boy. I know you are. You're sitting there watching your favorite <laughs> show. <laughs> Travis, they're watching their favorite show. I need you to do me a favor. Turn the show off and turn Real Talk up. Look, we're back. We have talked about things we didn't even discuss or plan, but it just led that way, and we had to talk about it, and I believe that you all who are listening, Real Talk family – you're going to enjoy it. But listen, the country took a huge stance, and I talked about this on the last episode of, oh, really, you want to fund the police? And everybody knows this show is centered around what police? And what do we say in our show? We'll never defund. We will defend the police. Well, the leftists, okay, uh, agenda said that we needed to defund the police. They said it so, um, as we call vulgarly, okay, they said it so loud uh, back in twenty. 20- 20 at the height of the uh, Derek Chauvin and George Floyd. They took that incident in uh, Minneapolis and stated the whole country as it pertains to law enforcement needed to be defunded. Well, we are still on that platform despite what uh, Biden has said. And until he does it, we're going to believe him to be defunding. Libertarian Party believes that uh, government really shouldn't be involved in anything, okay? And that also includes Police. Now, they did say they're law-abiding citizens. You heard it from Travis. But I'm going to let him uh, give us his version and maybe some of his beliefs. on. And again, I am a police. So Travis knows that he will not, um, as we call, uh, offend me. I almost said defend me. Offend me because we're brothers, no matter if we agree or disagree. But at the end of the day, I want to know from Travis Hart and from his party, if he speaks on behalf of everybody, what do you feel about defunding the police brother travis grew that's a fantastic question and believe it or not i want to protect the police as a libertarian amen we we don't support any fringe group or any fringe movement the defund the police movement is a fringe movement What our party as a whole would like to see is real police reform and real criminal justice reform. And let me explain that. We'd like to see the demilitarization of the police force and would like to abolish qualified immunity. If we, regular citizens, must follow the law, then government workers and police must follow the Constitution. It's that simple. We'd like to end the war on drugs and actually protect the police. This is what I was referring to. We'd actually like to protect the police by not putting them in dangerous situations they shouldn't be in because of what the war on drugs has created. It's created a disaster. We'd rather defund bad policies, okay? 
we want to defund bad policies. The only way to protect the police is to stop putting them in harm's way when it's not necessary. We'd prefer them to do very little. And instead of defending bad laws made up by people in a cubicle somewhere, we'd, li we'd like them to actually go after real criminals and anyone committing force and fraud and coercion and hurting people. Those are crimes, okay? Where there is no victim, there is no crime. So our party just wants police to leave people alone if they haven't hurt anyone or stolen anything, okay? There's a big difference between a crime and an assumed crime, okay? So we'll have to define what a crime is. We do actually want to protect the police from getting hurt and have them stop enforcing ridiculous laws because that's what the police do. Their job is to enforce the law. I do not believe that all laws are just and all laws are good laws. There are bad, awful laws that the police have to protect and defend and it's not their fault. There's laws that don't protect anyone and end up doing more harm and incarcerating innocent people. Victimless crime should be abolished completely and folks thrown in jail, disproportionately black people, to be honest, they're getting picked on by fake laws, okay? They pick on communities. So folks are getting thrown in jail for victimless crimes. They should be pardoned because like I said, if there's no victims, no crime. It is not a crime to consume something, nor is it a crime to sell something to someone voluntarily by the consent of the buyer and the seller. There is no harmful or non-peaceful transaction there. There was no one hurt. So real crimes and real criminals should be actively pursued and punished accordingly through a fair and just trial. So do I want to defund the police? No, I want to defund bad laws and defund bad politicians that are disproportionately picking on people and people are getting incarcerated unconstitutionally for not hurting anyone, for growing a plant, for smoking a plant, or even for doing drugs on their own. The laws were never created to protect you from yourself. That is not the idea of a good law. So if we want to protect the police, and I believe that most of the police officers that are listening to this will agree we're putting police officers in bad positions because of bad policies and because of bad laws. And the war on drugs is a complete sham. It's a complete disaster. It's dangerous. We've created the drug cartels. We've created the black market on substances. And it should be voluntary and consent and it should be legal. And you're going you're gonna to see... A lot of crimes go away when things are voluntary. The, the cartels no longer have a job. They no longer have any business moving a substance because you can buy it at 
the smoke shop over here. You could buy it at, at Harris Teeter. They don't have any control anymore. And police officers aren't chasing down fake bunk laws that some politician decided he didn't like marijuana, so he made it illegal and everyone voted for it. Now it's so these this is where it's like, what is a law? It's like fake. It's not real. It's not a real crime. So I don't know how you feel about that, but it's not about defunding the police movement. It's about getting them away from things that they shouldn't be involved with, which is regulating your personal life. That's harmful. No one, no one likes that. So it's not about defunding the police for us. It's about defunding these terrible laws that have been proven to be racist, to be uh, incarcerating minorities at a much higher level. And that was the reason why the crime bill, the 1992 crime bill that guess who co-sponsored? Joe, Joe Biden. Biden. Joe Biden. And he'll brag about it like it's some great thing. But now we have the most incarcerated country on the planet because of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris throwing people in jail for, for weed when she smokes it herself you know what i'm saying so this is this is where i'm like a stickler on like if we want to protect the police we have to we have to stop putting them in spots that they shouldn't be in like i just heard today that philadelphia's police are no longer allowed to pull people over for you know a taillight out or a, st a bad sticker or the, the license plate being in the wrong spot, something uh, uh, in their window that they can't see out of very well. They, they're, no, they're no longer allowed to pull the people over like that. But the problem is it's still in the books as crimes. So police aren't able to do their job but it's still on the books as a crime. So I want to remove those from the books so they're no longer crimes. So it's 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 more than it's it's more than defunding the police. That's that's well, not you know, what I support. It, it's more you know, of a let's actually protect them and have them and go we, after real crimes and real criminals. And we appreciate that. We definitely appreciate it. You heard it here they're not looking to defund they wanted to fund bad policies. And you wore a shirt the other night that yes. said defund policies. What did you politics? That's what you said. Defund and, politics and defund the bad laws. There you go. Police should not be and if I chasing down innocent people. Well, and and, and, and I agree. And I'm gonna give you some rebuttal on that in a minute, but uh I should if you would have let me known, um, I would have wore my defund Congress shirt. It would have been right. <laughs> Nice. Awesome. <laughs> we would have been on point together, man. Um, we would have been yeah. uh, tag teaming it twice. But I want to go back to, again, what I stated earlier. Now, we have to separate the two because when you say that uh, they are enforcing crimes, we have to remember everything that you just stated that Philadelphia has taken away. Those sound to me to be motor vehicle laws or violations. So a violation of the crime is differently because a crime, we got to understand this, and is done intentfully 
with malicious acts. So a person driving down the road with a jacked up registration, they, they, they're not um, intentionally, right. of course, they're intentionally well, they um, displaying it. They were pulling people over disproportionately. I got it. I got it. Um, no, no, no. I totally, but, totally get it. Yeah, but, but, but we have to make sure that we, uh, and I have to make sure that I, I get the right information out there because, and I know you don't mean any harm by it, but there's a difference between the crime and the violation. So we have to spread that. And then when you look at that, I, I disagree with uh, Philadelphia taking those off the books and off the, off the records and the ability to allow the police to do that. And the reason being here, some of our greatest crimes have been solved, and I stated this earlier, through a simple um, traffic stop dealing with a taillight out, okay? Now, I'm going to be honest with you here in law enforcement. I can only speak for I'm going to step out on the whim and I'm speaking for myself for sure, but I'm going to speak for all my brothers and sisters. We're not writing tickets for tag lights being out. We're not writing tickets uh, definitely much anymore as it pertains to registrations. And I can tell you, I definitely don't do it. But you got to understand this. Sometimes it takes stopping that car for a legal reason, if we're doing it legal. And the legal reasons is this, reasonable suspicion here in North Carolina. That's all we need to stop a vehicle. And that officer, because I believe in good officers, right, if they are uh, doing that with the state rule in mind, reasonable um okay and they're doing it with uh what we call reasonable suspicion that's all you need to stop a vehicle if they're doing it legally and they find what we call fruits of the spirit that um well i shouldn't say fruits of the spirit sorry i'm, I'm getting religious and i love it um fruits of the uh tree there you go see that adam and eve you started there right no i'm going back into yeah. it but fruits of the tree and so that helps us get the you heard the term bigger fish okay so if again again i have to make sure i emphasize it if they're doing it legally they stop the vehicle for a legal reason again a tail light registration not properly displayed no registration plate at all um no seatbelt on when we're doing these things we're mostly not writing for those particular reasons why we stop but the law states we need something to legally stop the vehicle and I keep emphasizing legal. So, Travis, in my heart and what I believe, and I've been a cop almost 13 years now, I believe in my heart that there are police officers all around this country that are abiding by that and that hopefully they are writing accordingly. Don't necessarily mean they have to write for it. But again, some of the greatest murders, yeah. some of the greatest murderists have been found. Some of the greatest narco uh, um, cartel drug members have been found with bodies in the trunk due to making a simple traffic stop. So, we can't take away the, the rights of a, a legal right of a police officer to stop a vehicle for speeding because speeding leads to bigger deal. Why do you think we get some of the greatest drug dealers off the road is due to a simple speeding charge that we investigate further and we smell uh, odor of a uh, marijuana uh, and things of that nature. Um, so we yeah. need that. We do See, need that. That's what I'm getting at is, is, is the marijuana and the drug things. Okay. So there are bad laws. The war on drugs is proven to be a complete and utter disaster, both economically and socially. It is a failure. It's not working. No matter how much money they pour into the war on drugs, it's failed. It's actually made things worse, and it's actually putting police officers in positions they should not be in, all because of bad laws and bad legislation. Now, if a policeman's going to pull someone over with a bad taillight, knowing that there's an actual criminal in the car, I have no problem with that. But you can't tell me that somebody smoking a plant that, you know, a seed 
is a crime. It's not a crime, and there's no one being hurt. It's only a crime because some people say it's a crime, but in some states it's not a crime. But my point is defining a crime is very important. Whether if there's not a victim, okay? Now, if there's a victim involved, there there is there's a criminal involved, and this is where I I I believe that police should go towards fighting actual crimes, but you can't define crimes based on the way politicians are defining a crime because it's not real, it's not true, it's legislation, it's actually not real, it's fake they're fake laws they can change tomorrow so well you got to look at this when you look at crime um again i stated what what qualifies a crime from a uh legal violation again the intent the malicious uh maliciousness of it even when you take a person of a white collar crime who has committed an act and you are correct when it when it pertains to a victim you do need a victim uh, if you are pursuing uh, someone right. who committed a crime. But when you look at a white-collar crime, we know that the victim nine times out of ten is going to be either a client to due to um, maybe racketeering or embezzlement, or it could be due to uh, obtaining property by false pretense. Now, was there any malicious yeah, act done? Was there false. any that's, that's malicious right. act that's done coercion. with that? Was but anybody killed? On the side of a road, you'll get arrested for that. Or braiding someone's hair without a permit, you'll get shut down for that and fined. Well, those and, are well, so you see so when you go into that rabbit hole there, you're looking at uh, issues as it pertains to codes and violations. Now, a person that I know of, um, and, and listen, there's a lot of illegal businesses that are going on that we see that I may have even purchased from, not knowing that it was a, a, a simple one. Is this a taco stand? Okay. Um, a food truck. I don't know if they have the proper permits and all, but I do know this, that the food uh, is good and it looks like they're good people. That's what we go by. But when you look at those types of things, I think we dig exactly. a rabbit. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, crimes, I think we dig a ragged. According to some people. And it's like. Well, we don't go by those because the deal is we want to be, uh, we want to look at the bigger fish. And I'm speaking on law enforcement. That's the least of our concerns. Uh, a mother and a, listen, I can go a step further. When you look at um, when you're trying to classify a crime, a person who is soliciting, a person who a homeless person who is in the middle of a, uh, an intersection begging for money, that is a violation of uh, the town ordinance within that town, possibly or county. But police, we're not out looking for those people because we have bigger fish to fry. And when you look at um, going back to what you stated, as it pertains to you stated uh, when they stop in a vehicle, we don't know if there's a criminal inside uh, unless they're, you know, obviously smoking marijuana. My yeah. version, my version of, I say this all the time and I, throughout my career, I've encountered many of people who uh, may have had what we call a little marijuana shake, maybe a little baggy, and we work that out. We charge accordingly or we give breaks because here in North Carolina, we have great discretion over many things. Uh, it is up to the officer whether they want to charge or cite or release at the end of the day, I can speak for me that um, I always tell people this. This is a famous saying I say. I say, It is illegal to possess, distribute, and sell marijuana. I'm not condoning any of it. But when you bring it out, see, when you leave it in your private homes, you're, you, you are good unless we have what we call probable cause to know that you're doing all those three that I mentioned, sell, distribute, manufacture, 
then we come in with what we call a search warrant abiding by the Fourth Amendment. But when you bring it out in the public eye, the police has no other choice but to deal with it. And I tell people this, whatever you don't want to be known in public, you leave it in private. And I'm not condoning it. But what you got to remember, yeah, Travis, when it comes I out into... You, and I don't smoke marijuana either. I'm a CDL holder and hazardous materials. You can't do it. Subject to drug tests and randoms and federal background checks. What I'm saying is... The war on drugs is putting police officers in really, really, really uncomfortable positions that they should not be in because the people that are consuming, selling, or distributing drugs are actually not doing anything wrong. Is there someone getting hurt? These are two adults consenting to pulling money out of their pocket peacefully exchanging it for a substance that maybe the FDA doesn't like, but who cares because the FDA is not your doctor and you exchange it for a product or service. How is that a crime? Well, it's not, it's in the books as a crime, but let's, let's be realistic here. This is, this goes back to me wanting to defund these bad policies and keep police officers from dangerous positions at one, two, three o'clock in the morning. You also put the cartels out of business. If you're so worried about the cartels, then we need to legalize and decriminalize drugs because whether something is legal or illegal will not stop an individual from doing what they want to do. It's proven prohibition does not work. It's been tried over and over and over again in many different forms. It doesn't work. It's like the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't do that. Don't eat that. That's exactly what people are going to do. So what we're doing is we're creating criminals through bad legislation that Joe Biden created, you know, and other politicians have created because they don't like a certain group of people. These are not real crimes, and this is where I'll stand firm and say if there's not a victim, there's not a crime. Leave them alone until there's an actual crime that takes place, which is force, fraud, theft, coercion of any type that you hurt someone. Those are crimes. Anything outside of those realms are not crimes. A voluntary a voluntary exchange of goods and services is not a crime. This is where I believe it's not the police's fault that they have to defend the law, but it's the law that is the problem, not the police. Well, you know, we can beat that. that we can beat that dead horse all day. And, I, and again, I'm totally with you. Bill Clinton and Biden created that yeah. bill. They were both co-sponsors on the 1994 crime bill, and we see that it is today. But we all I always have to state, we have to be able to go ahead and separate the two because when you look at uh, marijuana compared to fentanyl, and, and trust me, it is killing many of people because it's being laced with other uh, deals. But either way, when you're taking a, a, a creation that wasn't created to crush up and place in veins and digest and ingest I should say more uh, ingest these things um, and then you mix it with alcohol and again other chemicals it's killing people at a fast rate so 
you must be able to identify the two. Now, when you say you want to legalize marijuana, y'all are on with well, drugs, but are you speaking of just, and I have an idea, but are you speaking of just marijuana? Or are you talking about from your hardcore drugs all the way up to cocaine, all the way up to um, methamphetamine? Are you also talking about legalizing all these? And then you stated there's no crime afoot. Nobody's being harmed. I can disagree 100% and tell you there are hundreds and thousands of people who are being harmed and killed. Uh, by these uh, illegal acts. Now, even marijuana is laced. It's something they make called tar. There's different levels of it, and you probably know a little bit about it. I know you don't smoke it, but um, people have taken a good item, which we know marijuana does. We haven't even looked at the effects and the things that it helps with, uh, the brain and cancer and things like that. Yeah. Um, the municipal yeah, municip- uh, uh, of it, I guess, uh, the, 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 the dissemination of it. And we know that Colorado, Utah, Arizona, places like this legalized it, but they legalized it for um, the use for medical purposes. They didn't necessarily say we want everybody to go out and sell it. And see, when you look at the part where you say they should be free to sell it, the problem is when well, anytime you sell something, of that magnitude, the next person wanted, which is how the cartels started, the drug cartels. One group had it. They saw they're making money. They decided to infiltrate it and start their own. Next thing you know, you had a big argument going on, which equated to violence and crime. And then that's where you had your murders. And, of course, uh, under the reign of uh, even uh, President Reagan and Bill and Bush, they uh, took a fight to war on crimes. And I know a lot of it was outside of the country, but we did have a lot inside. But we look at the cartels with the Colombian cartels and the Mexican cartels and the El Salvadorian cartels, all those uh, Hispanic countries. Um, when you look at that, they took it to another level. And, of course, it's right here in America. So when you say you want to legalize all, I think we have to be very careful with that because uh, we're not specifying what we want to legalize and the government should have any control. That, 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 that's nothing more to me than a purge. And that tells people to go out and do what they want. And uh, we know that with at this point with drugs, when you're doing it like that, it comes with robbery when you're doing it with that because people want what you got. So they either want your drugs or they want your money or they want your block. So I disagree with legalizing it um, to that effect. Now, if you're looking at, uh, again, just to have your own personal use, then the government should be involved in that. And I'm not condoning marijuana smoking because I don't do it. However, if someone says, I need it for my medical use and my purpose, but when you go outside of that, and the reason why it's controlled by the government, because there's no taxation on it. I know we spoke about taxes. We want to be free to that. But something like that, when you're not working um, and you're not actually, prime example, a farmer who's growing tobacco, you may say, well, that's harmful, right? And we know that it does uh, damage down the road, right? But they have went into a business and a legal business uh, and they have to abide by laws and rules with the F, uh, USDA, um, FDA, and all this stuff. And, of course, as it pertains to the government, right? Um, but when you look yeah. at it, they The FDA will pass a drug and it will kill a whole bunch of people. And a month later, they're pulling it off the market. So I, I agree. no faith in the FDA whatsoever. I agree. However, the war on drugs is ineffective at limiting access to dangerous drugs. Instead, it's empowered dangerous gangs that make fortunes on the black market for selling these, okay? The war on drugs has imprisoned millions of nonviolent people. It's not fair, 
to these people and also uses up resources that would better be spent prosecuting and imprisoning people that are violent, okay? And the war on drugs is responsible for the militarization of police forces in America. It's pitted police against citizens, and it's not fair. It's not right. Police need to be able to focus on protecting the American public from violent offenders and fraud. And the war on drugs is a distraction. It's immoral for government to dictate which substance a person is permitted to consume, whether it is alcohol, tobacco, herbal remedies, saturated fat, marijuana. These decisions belong to individual people, not the government. And this is what differentiates, I think, libertarians from Republicans, because this is one of the reasons why I ran into the Republican Party trying to legislate morality from a cubicle. I don't do drugs. I don't I would never promote drugs, but making something illegal is not going to prevent anyone from doing anything. If I wanted to go do drugs today, I would go do drugs today. It's not a law that's going to stop someone from speeding, from doing drugs, from drinking too much, from from hurting someone, okay? Once that crime happens and there's a victim and someone's hurt or frauded, that should be addressed not not some fake idea that someone might hurt someone someone that might hurt someone did they hurt someone they they might these this sounds like red flag laws with guns they might but did they this is your assumption and you and your perception could be off this is why the war on drugs. I, I, I'm so anti war on drugs. I see that you're uh, very anti, anti, and and I love it. I love it. Trav, look, we're getting ready to uh, go on uh, a break again. And listen, yeah. I, I hold that thought. And then listen, we gotta. I know we gotta get out of here, but this is great. Yeah. I didn't know we we're gonna stick right here, man. I just. We, we have a lot of disagreements there, and I want to keep it right there for a moment because yeah. uh, it must be talked about. But we have to uh, I want to back up and talk about qualified immunity. We'll see you in just one minute. Welcome back, all. Look, I thought this would be um, an hour session, but we're having so much good packed conversation, <laughs> Travis. I mean, we left off talking about uh, breaking it down different crimes, and Travis and I, of course, on break was speaking. But I want to move right back into what we talked about, and I want to go back, Travis, all the way to the beginning of the last segment uh, as it pertains to qualified immunity. I got to break that down, what that is, in case some people don't know. But um, when you look at the drugs, you spoke about making all drugs legal, and then you also talked about how these drugs don't affect people uh, when they're driving and uh, things like that. I like to beg, beg you to, to differ that that is um, not accurate. As a matter of fact, drugs are an impairing substance and when it is done in a uh, large amount, right? And nobody's yeah, that's doing. A, that's actually well, not what I. I don't advocate for doing drugs. Absolutely. I, I, no, I, no, no. I would never advocate for drinking and driving. Travis, I totally, I totally get it. Cocaine and driving. And we know that, but I, but I got, I got to state, I got to rebut what, what, what was said. Now, again, you're not condoning oh, okay. that. You're not condoning that. I know that. But I have to talk about it. At the end of the day, 
because this is the platform y'all uh, that 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 you're on and that you know you you know you're defending it. So I got to make yeah a rebuttal to it. But when you look at that, that's far from the truth because anybody um, who takes recreational drugs, anything's done recreational is done because you having fun with it. And um, we can go all the way back. I could even take drugs out of it and bring drinking into it. Most people drink at a social event, a party setting, at a club, at restaurants, and they overdrink, um, not knowing their limitations. That's a whole other subject. Uh, you have to know your limitations. But if you feel that you have uh, intoxicated yourself, you shouldn't be on the roads. But people get on the roads every day because they feel like they could do it. So, But when you look at alcohol, alcohol is a drug. It, anything that is addicting, okay, I know – the framework of drug uh, don't necessarily mean that addicted in that form. I'm going to break it down in two forms, but a narcotic uh, is synonymous with a uh, drug, right? Um, it is something that has been um, given. It is something that either impairs or helps the ability to function. And government has stated that we have to have control over these things, which is why we have what we call controlled substances. And those are made up that uh, people of the legal realm thought uh, they would classify these different narcotics into ramifications for police officers when we are dealing with it. But not even going to that, that's a whole other topic. But when you look at it, alcohol can be an impaired um, substance. And of course, it can be a mind-altering drug because you lose motor skills when you drink too much of it because it sits in your brain. And at one point in time, it was illegal and, and, pro, and prohibition was a thing and people still moved it. And sure. It illegally. It's, it, that's why the war on drugs is a complete failure because it's prohibition of drugs and what people want to do. Well, that's great. It's that's great. What well, going to work. Well, well, the deal is prohibition brought about good changes. And one of them was that uh, NASCAR was created under prohibition. Uh, co um, of course, illegal, <laughs> yeah, you know, the true. illegal uh, uh, manufacturing. I should even say manufacturing part because they did it. But the transportation, transport of it, that's created NASCAR, right? And, and they were to do that to get away from, to elude police and some great minds. So let's get some speed, spiffy, uh, motor, um, strong, what is it called? Muscle cars. And let's get on the road. And there you go. Voila, NASCAR. But when you yeah. look at that, when you look at that, Travis, and, and, you know, we talk about the war on drugs. I know you are strong and passionate about war on drugs. Again, we have to define what the war on drugs is. Now we know that the war on drugs have been fought for, um, longer than, even um, I would even say a century, and you know, we've been fighting that for a long time, right? We still haven't got a full handle on it because that's something that we're going to be having a revolving door because there's so many avenues to even transport and sell drugs. So you are right; the war on crime will never be defeated. And I'm speaking on law enforcement platform from local all the way to federal; it, it won't be defeated. And we know that the government infiltrated that; they were the masterminds behind it. They were doing illegal stuff and definitely in the Latino well, the government's made it, made it, made it dangerous. And, and alcohol has gotten better because of competition. And I know you're a capitalist. So the reason why there's bad drugs floating around is because it's what people get their hands on. If it was mass produced like the FDA, you know, we have a serious opioid problem that it's legal and pharmaceuticals are pushing drugs left and right and that's all government run so if you had if you had a free market competition of marijuana do you think people are going to be smoking bad marijuana no they're going to go for the best of the best just like they will for the best of beer some people like crappy beer some people like craft beer that's good some people like cheap whiskey some people like top shelf stuff 
So you, you can't say that because drugs are legal, everyone's going to do them and everyone's going to have bad side effects. It's the opposite will happen. The bad drugs will get weeded out and Big Pharma does not like uh, the legalization of drugs because they want to run and control it. Big Pharma runs everything. And th this, is, this is why it's become dangerous because now we're regulating morality. You're regulating someone else's life. And being a constitutionalist, you know, if you, we want to talk about constitution, you can't do that. You can't tell somebody they can't drink and they can't sell a beer to their friend. You can't do that. That is not legal. That is not constitutional. That is not allowed. The government has gotten in the way and they've created a real disaster. And I blame government. I don't blame police. I blame government. They got in the way of your personal choices and they made things worse. So that that's the only thing I'm saying is, is police are enforcing bad laws and it's not their fault. Well, you know, um, when you talk about big pharma, we know and we see that greater than ever right here in COVID. Uh, I know yeah. for a fact that pharma uh, is behind it with the government. That's why they wanted everybody to get vaccinated so that the pharmaceutical companies could make the money that the government already had paid to them. So why did the government um, push this vaccine on us? Because they needed to get out of their stock because it was prepaid for it. They still have tons of it left because we refused to take it because we realized what the big picture is. But that's a whole nother topic again for another day. Big pharma for sure. Now, big pharma didn't create the uh, use of uh, opioid of oxycodone and things uh, oxycodone that are to relieve your pain levels but however what took place and i'm gonna tell you what happened there travis the reason why we have to blame the doctors and the pharmaceutical companies is because the doctors was overhanding it and they were writing prescriptions out of the yin yang and people they should have had a and i will say only good thing i can say about attorney general here in north carolina josh stein he put a cap on that and said that the uh, guess what doctors can't just write free for all prescriptions. They have to be days and dates and months set in between before another um, dosage or refill is given. And why is that? Because when a doctor set these things up, we all know we take a medication that is used for maybe daily or twice a day, whatever. But when you have, um, as we call, relinquished all of your medication in a week when you're using oxycodone that's a problem that means there is some abuse taking place and i believe you would agree with that but what i'm getting oh, to totally is agree. this and it brings you back to my point of people are well, going to do what people are going to do absolutely and and that's and that's a part of being if it's legal or illegal, that's true well it's a part of being in america travis what they're going to do and there's no policeman there's no well, law there's no government official that's ever going to stop someone from doing what they want to do Doesn't we won't stop all of them we won't stop all trap but we will be able to stop some and see the, the deal with police work and the justice system is created for checks and balances uh balances uh, right and we know that the um, balances and checks are way off because honestly well, we have really really high incarceration rates mostly 
you know, very unfair communities and the lower, lower communities and the uh, poor communities, they're the ones getting picked on because they don't have money to defend themselves with high powered attorneys. So this is what the war on drugs has done. It's created bad systems. Well, you got to understand this, the war on drugs in black communities. I know that's, um, I think that's what you were trying to say. That's 100% yep. true, but you got to understand this. Again, I spoke about it. With drugs comes violence, and, and where is the most violence created? It's in our black communities. Why? Because we are trying to get uh, what the drug kingpin has, or the king, um, the way, yeah, the drug kingpin and the uh, uh, the OG, as we call it, the uh, person that's in charge of these gangs. We got to talk about all this stuff. It goes into yeah, play. But the deal is, but the deal is this, the deal is this. Uh, there has to be ramifications, but it has to be ramifications on it because there is a crime. The crime comes in when they're trying to break into the person's house or they're committing drive-bys to get the drugs. So that is the gateway to crime. Now, when you look at it, yes, uh, my people are mostly um, targeted by that, but it is by the nature of what we're doing. We figured out that if we sell drugs, it can make us money, and they don't want to do it the legal way. Not all, but some. But you got to understand this, the uh, justice system is obviously unfair. We've seen many cases where uh, people were legally placed in jail. We're finding that out more than ever, which is why President Trump created second something called the Second Chance Act under the leadership of um, Tim Scott in South Carolina. And he understood with his own race yeah. that with his own race that we were predominantly targeted and we were getting the heavy penalties. And we can say it, it's happening right here in North Carolina, but... The deal is, if we look at it from a race-baiting standpoint, uh, I get it, but that can't be the justification to legalize hardcore drugs. Now, again, I'm going to share something with you here, but let me talk about the immunity. I don't want to forget that. Most people say, what is qualified immunity? So qualified immunity, what Travis is talking about, it is the balance to uh, two important interests uh, as it pertains to uh, public officials, which uh, police are considered that, and, of course, to... Uh, exercise the power, whether it was reasonable or unreasonable. And the greatest SCOTUS case, uh, Supreme Court, U.S. Supreme Court case was Pearson versus Callahan, okay? Uh, and that talked about a um, a uh, Fourth Amendment. I won't go all in detail. Read it at your own leisure. Fourth Amendment case where uh, they felt that the government, being the police, stepped in, uh, outstepped or overstepped their boundaries and got into their house illegally and of course, uh, was able to uh, ascertain drugs and all. But when you look at that, they felt that uh, they had overstepped. And again, they broke uh, the Constitution. And they believe that the police, even though they were acting within their scope, they believe it was done illegally and that there should be ramifications. Well, qualified immunity was enacted due to the fact that the police was doing their job based on information they had received. And again, I won't go into the whole case, but qualified immunity is nothing more than saying that if I go out and stop a car and at the end of the day, um, I hurt this person or I rough them up uh, due to their mouth or maybe they got aggressive with me and I lost all control, which is, uh, of course, a violation of policies and rules and procedures and maybe look at it criminally. Uh, Travis is saying that police should not be um, immune from getting a penalty that a normal citizen would get. Um, even to the fact of Breonna Taylor, when those police officers went into that house, uh, some said they weren't able to uh, fall under the Qualified Immunity Act, even though they went into um, the, the house and shot the wrong person. They felt like um, that they shouldn't 
have been um, charged for that. But at the end of the day, we did find out that uh, there was someone in there um, who was posing a threat. However, Brianna was an innocent bystander. But that's when you look at qualified immunity. That's what Travis is saying. He's saying that that should be abolished and taken away uh, totally. And I disagree with that because there's some um, where there are a lot of cases that you can find where police, Travis, have acted within their scope, did it legally, and something happened because we're human. Um, I think that's much needed because guess 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 who also has qualified immunity? Uh, the House of Representatives, the Congress, and guess the greatest one yes. would be the doctors. No, the doctors. The doctors have qualified immunity. They kill people on a daily basis, I, I not totally due to agree. a malicious and temple act, but they it's do it because that, it's, it's a part of makeup. All folks who work for local, state, or federal government, you know, you, you get to invoke qualified immunity if you're sued for violation of constitutional rights. Some workers may even get greater protection, like, uh, you know, they're immune from being prosecuted. They're shielded by qualified immunity. And this includes uh, law enforcement officers, mayors, governors, medical board inspectors, prison guards, school administrators, IRS agents, and everyone else who is employed by the government. Qualified immunity is not just about police officers. And, and my point is, you know, if we have to follow the law that they made, that government made, because government, Congress, you know, writes laws, if if we have to follow the law they created, then government must follow the Constitution. And it's not too much to ask for, but qualified immunity will shield them from crimes, you know, uh, stealing and, and fraud and money laundering and, and all sorts of things. They get away with it because they are government and i don't believe that that's right i believe that no no one is above the law if they created the law they're not immune from the law correct but so we got to understand that uh, travis not, when you look just police officers well well, well you got to understand when you look at that that that, that um, true Travis. but when you look at that that qualified immunity and of course, it's been taken to a whole other level. That law uh, and, and that procedure was not created to just say have free for all. It was created for if things of the nature, just like I stated, um, surgeons kill people every day, not maliciously or intentionally, just part of their nature. And unfortunately, police officers are given the greatest uh, weapon in the world. In the in in the world, that is a, a a firearm. Okay, that can take lives, and so we're given that. And we see throughout uh, many police-involved shootings, some were good shoots, some were bad, and some were that because the suspect knew that they get a hold of that police officer's gun and overtake them. They could actually take them out, and the crime that they were committing at that time could be uh, wiped away at that moment because they killed the cop, so that stopped. But we sometimes do things in error, and it's because we're human. Yeah. So it, with, with, with that being said, but with that being said, Travis, let me make this point right here for a minute. If that, if, if, if that being said, we, we, we should, yeah, well, you know, if that being said, police officers, if we take away qualified immunity, well, guess what? Um, we already are, 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 of course, obviously held to a higher standard, but um, believe it or not, we, we are sued civilly um, all the time 
due to uh, a party or a family member believes that the police acted, uh, I'm going to use the words of President Obama years ago, stupidly. Um, he said that, literally. If we're doing that, that means that we're not protected for doing a job that 99% of us, 99.9% of us go in and try to do the best job without uh, reproach and do things legally and abide by the laws and the rules. That means that we are going to be um, just able, basically sort of like the sovereign citizens here, we're going to be uh, freed from all that and we're going to be able to be pounced upon and just for no reason um, legally sued, maybe even arrested due to an act that we didn't mean to do. Now, I'm going to use a prime example. When you look back at uh, Daytona, um, and I did a, a series on that, um, excuse me, not a series, I did a, a show on it, um, Dante Wright and Kim Potter with the officer who mistakenly thought she put her taser out but shot the gentleman, the black gentleman, um, and killed him, the young man. He was 22 years old, I believe. At the end of the day, she fell under qualified immunity. Now, she did receive some legal ramifications. What was that? She killed a guy, not maliciously. That's why she was charged with manslaughter, not even second-degree murder. She was charged with manslaughter. It wasn't intentionally. But qualified immunity said, guess what? We're giving her uh, ramifications, and she's going through the court systems, and the jury ruled that she needed to spend some time to think about what happened. But qualified immunity protected her to the point where is that she could um, ultimately again, someday go out and re reapply for a job, now whether the, the agency hires her or not. But qualified immunity, we should be exempt to the fact that we're doing a job that most people wouldn't dare do, and we're putting our lives on the line just like the car we're stopping with the individual in. And if we don't have any type of protection, then what's the point of going out and do the job? No, and I completely agree. But wouldn't you agree that, like, chasing down – it? Um victimless crimes is dangerous it's put you know this goes well stopping a car for speeding conversation most cases that your your people are um you, you know no knock warrants they're busting in someone's house illegally is because of drugs not because they hurt someone or they um not because they uh they, they frauded someone because they've been found to deal drugs. And this puts people in uh, so many bad situations. Absolutely. You know, and you can't bust in someone's house. No-knock raids are, are completely out of control. They're dangerous. Well, And this, this is why things happen like this. You know, you come into my house, you're going to have a problem. Well, see, the deal is... Warrantless, warrantless raids and warrantless knocks and no-knock raids are, are just, you know, if you if this is allowed, then this is like, it's very dangerous. Well, a no-knock warrant is not a um, believe that someone's hurting someone. That's sure, different. but a no a no-knock warrant is not a warrantless warrant. What that is, the whole purpose of a uh, no-knock warrant. It, it, so it, it does mean that the uh, law enforcement officials do have a warrant. They have a warrant. A no, not warrant means we don't have to give them notification, uh, identifying yeah. ourselves that we're there. And the reason why that is, and that's not easy to get from signed off by a judge. Reason why that is because the crime that is a, a we use it in law enforcement in the criminal justice system afoot, which means it's happening right now. Um, if we allow ourselves to be identified, the person who is inside of that house or the things that are inside the house is going to be either tampered with or destroyed, and that is uh, what we call fruits of the tree evidence that is why the no not warrants happen or if they're looking for a person 
that person is a flight risk and is going to escape. So the element of surprise is taken out, right? And we go in uh, a blaze. Not I didn't say gun, guns ablaze. I said a blaze. And, and attempts to throw that person off their guard, whether they're sleeping, cooking dinner, it don't matter because we know, and it has to be written in that warrant that if they're looking for that person, again, not drugs, not contraband, not guns, but a person, they have an arrest warrant. They have to put on that affidavit, swear to it that this guy or female has been known to run every time we try to apprehend them. So the only way, the best yeah. way to get this person yeah, I mean, is by no not warrant. So that is why that was designed. Um, you, you, yeah. you, you will see that the government doesn't go out and just busting doors because the Fourth Amendment says that you and I have a right to unreasonable searches and seizures, and that's including our it's home. Never, it never goes well. You know, it never goes well when someone breaks in someone's house, whether you're a government official or you're a private citizen, you know. And I mean, I just don't believe that when two peaceful and honest people make a voluntary exchange of a substance or a service, I just don't see how that's criminal. Yeah. Well, I guess when you look at it, there's a lot of things that, and I love it that you are um, passionate. And of course, as you see, I'm just as passionate. And I love, yeah. I, I love, I agree to disagree. I did agree with some things. A lot of things I didn't agree. We yeah. both had rebuttal, and I love it. I, I want to bring you back because we didn't even get a chance to dive into uh, how many North Carolinians are registered as libertarians, but. We have to have another show. We're going to have to anyways, because we didn't yeah. even get into the second segment of the show, which is talking about your uh, lawsuit that you filed. Was this a federal lawsuit or a state lawsuit that you filed? Uh, statewide, yes. Yeah, it was a statewide lawsuit that you filed against the dictator I call, uh, I don't even like to call him the sheriff, but he did get <laughs> elected, so I can't say that he cheated. Sheriff G. Gerald Baker um, went up against the law-abiding citizens as it pertains to pistol permits. And I know you have, and your party has uh, a mindset on that. That's why we got to come back. You believe that the government should even be controlling and telling who can get a gun and who can't, uh, either yeah, by permit. Right. Yep. So we got to come back and do that show. We're going to dedicate a whole segment to that because we had it, believe it or not, audience, we had that broken up for the next half. As you can see, we got stuck on legalizing uh, immunity and this is all good stuff, and I love sharing it. It's a passion. I can do this all night. So can Travis. But Travis has to be up uh, at work in the morning. I'm off tomorrow, but I have campaigning. I, yeah. I have campaigning to do tomorrow. I have campaigning to do tomorrow with candidate who's going to take out Gerald Baker, Baker in May 17, 2022. Randall Bader. We have some canvassing to do. We have some meetings on the books tomorrow. So I have to get out of here, too. But I will say this, uh, Travis, um, your views – your platform, everything that makes up uh, your preference in the Libertarian Party. I like the way that you stand by it. And uh, I, I like the way you told me that, hey, at the end of the day, uh, I am a Christian as well. Um, not speaking for everybody, you're speaking for yourself. And you believe in the same right. values that I believe in, that Christ died. And But he said something so great. You know, he said something so great. And I have to say this, um, I, I dedicated the first show. Um, Travis, when I opened up this particular podcast, I talked about becoming police officers a calling. So I want to leave yeah. you with this. Uh, police and the justice system wasn't created by man. It was created by God. And God said that we should allow those that rule over us. Uh, we should go ahead. Of course, the ultimate ruler is Jesus Christ and his father, uh, God himself. But 
He left us with rulers on earth, and we saw that all the way back in the Bible, you know, the kings and the rulers of their uh, different areas as it pertains to Israel. Um, and of course, everybody had different rulers. The Philistines had theirs, of course, uh, and we know that the Sadducees and everybody else, so we can go through the Bible, had their own rulers, okay? Um, but at the end of the day, we bring it to modern terms. We have rulers, and those rulers at the local level are um, the town councils and the commissioners that have given powers to the police and, of course, state and federal. We have to have some rule of government. If there's no rule of government, I always say that there is a purging taking place. There has to be checks and balances because at the end of the day, if we have a free-for-all, uh, crime will be at its highest, okay, um, all the way up to murders. Uh, it will just be at its highest. So I know for a fact that there has to be some level of control and who enforces control law enforcement. And I know you have a, a view about what we enforce. And some of the things that are on the books, understand there's a lot of more uh, different violations and crimes that are on books, Travis, that we don't enforce, like stealing um, hay. We don't enforce that. Stealing straw. Um, those are on the books. But we don't enforce that because that's not modern. And at the end of the day, we look at the bigger things. I told you earlier, the bigger fish. And we are still actively fighting the war on crime. Is it a winless battle? It is. But we can say one. And on this show, I always say these famous words. You'll hear me say at the end of this, reach one, teach one. If we're reaching one, we have saved somebody. But Travis, I have enjoyed bringing you on to the show been a great pleasure of mine to have dialogue, rebuttal, and a little bit of a debate. I love it. I love it. And I think that we're going to have to bring you back. And we're going to need to go ahead and dive into some more stuff uh, as we talked about. And I do want to say that um, I don't care what side of the political spectrum anybody is on on this show here. Okay. Talking about my listeners, Travis. But yeah. one thing we do have in common here, okay, whether you're a libertarian or a Republican, we do believe in the right to bear arms, Second Amendment. We believe in that. And I want to say this. We believe in it, so don't mess with it. We are law-abiding citizens, and we believe in the right to bear arms. Would you agree that we agree on that platform there, Travis? A hundred percent. And uh, I do not believe in red flag laws or anything that interferes with your right and your freedom to carry whatever you want open carry constitutional carry should be a thing you don't have to ask permission from any government to be a free human whenever you have to do that you're not free you're not free i agree you're not free. i agree when you, you have, have to ask government permission for something you're not free you're not free but i agree with that again i'm going to stand by those checks and balances we have to have those checks and have to be some type of balance because if we allow anything, then we'll fall for everything. And at the end of the day, we don't want people just running rampant here. So we have uh, law and order. And so we are here as police officers to enforce order and law within um, the boundaries. And at this time, the law has stated that the possession, the distribution, the sale, the manufacturing of any illegal drugs based on what the government has placed as being illegal is against the rules and law. Unfortunately, enforcement officers like myself have to step in. But again, I did state to you that we have discretion. Now, 
it is within our abilities. And I train officers, okay, and I tell them all the time, okay, you can't close your eye to a pound of marijuana. You can't close your eye to that. It has to be ramifications because, again, we're enforcing the law. Um, but a small little roach that they've already smoking, yeah, we could charge them with what we call um, marijuana paraphernalia as it pertains to uh, having um, a small roach or a um, bag of unused uh, cigarellos, which is just, if people don't know what that is, it's, it's a tobacco product that you can use to place your marijuana in and smoke it and roll it up. We equate that, that that's probably part of a um, deal going on. It might be that they're selling it, but they have personal use. And so we have to go, but I want to reach one. I want to teach one. Again, as I always say, God bless our country. God bless you. Continue to share and like, and of course, please, God bless law enforcement community. Travis, I've enjoyed it. Show. So what exactly does a libertarian mean? And we're out. Good night.